Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. I'm Allison Langer. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. There's no place in the world like writing class. And we want to bring you in. Today on our show, we're talking about stakes and writing with personality. Dr. Jane Marks is a conservation ecologist and professor of aquatic ecology at Northern Arizona University. Jane has been taking classes with Writing Class Radio for like, I don't know, three years now. And we just got back from NAU where we did a live show, September 28th, 2023, where we first trained Jane Marks and Bruce Hungate's students, their PhD students, how to personalize their science stories. And then we did a live show and those essays kicked ass and we're going to bring them to you in 2024. So keep listening. Back with Jane's story after the break. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Hey, writers. For the last 45 years, I've been going to tennis clinics to practice forehand, backhand serves. What does this have to do with writing? Well, practice, I've learned in the last 45 years, is what it takes to get good at anything. And that's why Writing Class Radio hosts a tips clinic, a writing tips clinic. We do this every second Saturday so that we can all practice going to scene, writing like we speak, omitting needless words, everything that it takes to become great, or at least better at writing. So join us every second Saturday from 12 noon to 1 Easter time on Zoom. To join, go to writingclassradio.com and click the link for the tips clinic. It's $10 and believe me, it's a lot cheaper than a tennis clinic. See you there. We're back. This is Allison Langer, and you're listening to Writing Class Radio. Up next is Jane Marks reading her story, Sometimes Families Need a Helicopter Mom. Nona was nine and had just started gymnastics. My husband Bruce and I were watching her practice with six other moms crammed in a small room. We could see the expansive gym with stations for balance beams, parallel bars, and trampolines. An instructor was helping Nona with a backflip, but she wasn't ready. Nona looked scared. 
One woman said, Nona can't compete at regionals without backflips. She told us her daughter did backflips at age four when she also learned to read. She asked me if Nona does well in school. So-so, I said. Nona read the Iliad in first grade, in English, but didn't master the Latin version until second. The room went silent until Bruce said, don't you mean Greek? When these same moms opened their own gymnastic studio with better equipment and Olympic trained coaches, I judged them as helicopter parents, overly focused on their kids. I was working full time as a biology professor. I didn't have time to micromanage my kids' activities. The next year I had breast cancer. a stage three mastectomy, chemo, radiation kind of cancer, a 50% chance of reoccurrence cancer, a flip a coin and I live or die cancer. That same year, our son Dylan, 13, had a seizure and was diagnosed with epilepsy. As I battled cancer, Dylan's seizures began occurring every few months despite anti-seizure medication. He needed brain surgery. Friends helped us care for Nona. Erica took her to gymnastics, Beth drove her to middle school, Mindy made cookies. My friends saw Nona more than I did. Nona dumped her best friend and tried but failed to join the popular girls. She quit gymnastics and started theater. When we were in the hospital with Dylan, Nona stayed with my sister. On the phone, Nona was complaining about her friend troubles. I interrupted. I can't deal with this now. I need you to be strong. I heard Nona's voice catch in her throat and I felt like the worst mom. Five years later, Dylan and I were healthy. I thought we'd made it through the hard part. One night, Nona was sitting on my bed. I'll miss Dylan when he goes to Berkeley, but she said, but what, I asked. Uh, I want, she said, not finishing her thought. More attention, I asked, and hugged her. She smelled good. You miss so much, she said. I'm sorry, I said. You were a trooper. Can I tell you something, she asked. Don't freak out. I felt afraid. I tried cutting. When, I asked. Around Dylan's surgery. I remember that phone call, how I cut her off. I thought it was normal teenage angst. Are you cutting now, I asked. No, she said. She told me she was still lonely at school, but liked the kids in the community theater company. I know you aren't a theater person, she said, but maybe you could come to rehearsals anyway. My daughter wanted me involved, so I volunteered. In Flagstaff, the only musical theater company was run by evangelical Christians who constantly yelled at the kids. They only performed Disney. When Nona was 15, she was Babette the flirty French maid in Beauty and the Beast. She wasn't allowed to sit on Lumiere's lap because it was too slutty. Even Disney needed to be censored. I had misgivings, but Nona was making friends. The next year, Nona auditioned for Little Mermaid. She didn't get a lead. Nona's audition was great, but the leads were going to kids who tended the same churches as the directors. When the producer wouldn't take my call, I wrote a three-page manifesto outlining the injustices, demanding resignations. I sent it to the producers and CC'd all the theater parents. My complaints set off a rush of rants and resignations. 
In retrospect, my manifesto was excessive. We weren't fighting a toxic waste dump, but I had to fight for my kid. Flagstaff needed a better theater experience for teens. After meeting with local theater experts and parents, I started a new theater company called Flagstaff Arts, Music, and Education, FAME. I was back to working full-time and knew it would be a serious time commitment. But this was my chance to do something for Nona. Dozens of people volunteered their time and talents. We had fair auditions, and the kids voted on the shows they'd perform. Every week, Nona and her friends rehearsed in our house. I made spaghetti or ordered pizzas. Our house was no longer a sick house. Nona helped me set up auditions and coordinate rehearsals. In the car, we listened to soundtracks and sang. As we postered the town advertising shows, Nona positioned the poster, I used the staple gun. We stopped for frozen yogurt on the west side and cinema rolls downtown. What I lacked in experience, I made up with drive. I was a mom making up for lost time. During Nona's senior year, the kids wanted to perform Heather's, an edgy musical about teen bullying, school violence, and suicide. The adults were hesitant. Nona organized a lobbying session that was far more diplomatic than my manifesto. The kids told us why they wanted Heather's. One spoke about the day the police came to their school because a student was on the roof with a gun. Another talked about a friend who committed suicide. Nona said, adults don't want to hear it, but this is our life. Can't we use theater to talk about stuff instead of pushing it under the rug? I thought back to the phone call when I was dismissive about Nona's complaints. This time, I listened. The students put on Heather's. Nona wanted to be Veronica, the nice girl with the best solos, but she was cast as this queen bee, Heather Chandler. Nothing makes a mom prouder than watching her daughter face a packed audience and say, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Recently, Nona left for college where she's majoring in environmental science, sitting on the board of the theater group and reading the Iliad. I've handed fame off to the next generation of parents. My tenure as helicopter mom is over, but it was worth the effort. I realized I judged the gymnastics moms too harshly. Like me, they just wanted to show their kids how much they love them. love any essay that says fuck. <laughs> oh my God. I love Jane so much. I just, and because we know Jane so well, I can completely see her like not taking any shit and saying, fuck this. I'm going to start my own thing. Like, let's get going. And I just really love the whole theme because you and I also are working moms. I mean, obviously we don't, we're not as high powered as Jane, but we miss things. I mean, I still have missed a lot of stuff. I either, you know, being away or I don't know, just there's, there's times. And so when I can do something, sometimes I overdo it, you know? Wait, what do you mean? What do you overdo? Just like when I, I show up for my kid, sometimes I overdo it. Like, let's get them. You know, like I go into full combat mode. Like Like you're wearing full regalia of the, of the school, like hat, sweatshirt. That's you. 
No, just the opposite. <laughs> like I'm on my kid's side. If they're opposing a teacher or the school or a te- like, I'm like, all right, let's get them. Like I believe in them and I, I try to step back, but I just really want to support my kid and however that kid needs to be supported at the time. And sometimes I don't, you know, stand back and think about like what's going on. And I kind of got that a little bit in here that she was, she, she was making up for lost time. She even says it. I was just a mom making up for lost time. So to me, that's what this is about. You know, I just thought this mom, yeah, she over, she's overdoing it. She's being that helicopter, or as our producer Matt says, chopper mom, because he's Canadian and they say funny things like that. Um, but yeah, we show up. <laughs> chopper mom it is. Yeah. And we look like to the like to the coach or to the teacher that we're overdoing it. But there's so much behind it sometimes. You're saying that you've become an advocate for your kids. And I've totally seen it. And that's what Jane is too. I feel like this, I love this story so much. I mean, there's so much I want to say about it, but it is a story sort of about regret. Jane brings up that one moment when she was on the phone with Nona and Nona was like having like trouble with her friends or she wanted to be in the popular group or something. And Jane was like, you just got to be strong. And right away, I felt that the narrator felt so bad. And then she brought that moment up, I think two more times, like she brought it back. And that I thought was really good writing. And something that's so interesting about like just a moment in time, like this, I don't know if this came out of a prompt, but it may have like a moment I regret. And then she writes this whole story about the value of being a chopper mom. And I think when you say this is good writing, you mean it's vulnerable. The narrator is getting vulnerable. And so it's more than just about like what it appears. There's more to it. And so that is, yeah, that's where the good writing is. She's vulnerable and she brings back a moment that really hurt her. She brings it back once we already know it. And I think callbacks like that are really good writing. The way she set up the story was everything. First of all, it's very, very visual. I just noticed that right now. Like we see the gym and um, we're right there in the gym with these other parents. And then we get exactly who Jane is. Like she's so... She's like, yeah, she's reading the Iliad in Latin. And then she got it wrong. <laughs> I love that, that Bruce is like, uh, don't you mean Greek? But then Bruce, her husband and the dad of Nona, he's supporting her. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, but don't you mean Greek? I just, I see them together. Like, I don't know. We really get their personality. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And we see that Jane was just not having it with these who she called helicopter moms. She was just like, good Lord with these people. But at the very end, she admits that she, and I really like, there were a few endings. Like I thought there were a few endings, but I love the ending ending where she said, just like me, they just want to show their kids they love them. So she also hearkens back to these, hearken. I just said hearken. She hearkens back to these. We'll definitely say it again. Yeah, I'll say it again. She harkens back to these women in the gym or the parents in the gym. That was really cool at the end. Another thing I noticed, I'm sorry, you want to say something? Did you want to say something? No, no. Why would I want to say something? So I wanted to say (laughs) that Jane did a really good job raising the stakes a few times. 
So she was a biologist. She had cancer. Then her son had seizures. So it sounds bad. But then in the next sentence, he needed brain surgery. It was really bad. She needed to like put all of her attention into her own. First, she had a huge job. Then she has a health crisis herself. And then she has a huge health crisis for her other kid. And then she explained so well how her friend saw Nona more than she did. And then that moment that kind of changed everything happened. You know, we talk a lot about dropping bombs. And Jane did a really good job of like dropping in these really big situations or circumstances and then explaining them so that we felt satisfied as a reader as we moved on to the next section. Yeah, that was really well done. Did you think cutting was a bomb? No, because I got it. I mean, she considered it. They addressed it. They seemed to, you know, resolve it in, in the sense of the story. So I felt complete. I didn't feel like I was hanging. I thought it raised the stakes again. Well, there's consequences to every behavior, including reaching out and, you know, screaming at a teacher or, uh, you know, sending a letter or having cancer that causes a problem. And and, and if, if it's not discussed, it doesn't feel realistic. So the fact that she brought all this in here shows us that there was a consequence to every single action she brings up in the story. Yeah, right. She doesn't just tell us, you know, that she hung up the phone too quickly on her kid. Basically, she says, and this is what happened because of that. Yeah, her daughter tried to tried cutting. Then she goes to the part where her daughter is in this shit theater program. And I thought she did a really good job explaining what was problematic about it. And also her, again, like her personality. She, d- she writes a three-page manifesto. And she was so knowing. Like she recognizes that, well, well, maybe that manifesto is a bit overkill, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She says, Nona organized a lobbying session that was far more diplomatic than my manifesto. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. 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 She's great at bringing back callbacks. Then she says that the house was no longer a sick house. Like it was working. So the story, what is the story about? I was a mom making up for lost time. I think that's... It's stated. And sometimes I think it's so beautiful and satisfying for me as a reader or listener to just hear it. It wasn't like, you know, she didn't do anything fancy there. She just told us. I love that. Then she remembered the phone call again. And then the best line ever. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. (laughs) That That was her proud moment. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So good. Really good. I love it. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Jane, for sharing your story. If you would like to hear more, Jane, check out episode 149. The more things change, the more Brussels sprouts stay the same. Believe me, you will never look at Brussels sprouts the same again. And you will laugh your ass off. Writing Class Radio is hosted by me, Allison Langer. And me, Andrea Askowitz. Audio production by Matt Kundle, Evan Serminski, Chloe Emont Lane, and Aiden Glassy at the Sound Off Media Company. The music is by Justina Chandler. There's more writing class on our website, including stories we study, editing resources, video classes, writing retreats, and live online classes. 
join our writing community by following us on Patreon. If you want to write with us every week, you can join First Draft. You have the option to join me on Tuesdays, 12 to 1 Eastern, or Thursdays with Eduardo Wink, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. You get to write to a prompt and share what you wrote. And if you're a business owner, community activist, group that needs healing, entrepreneur, or you just want to help your team write better, check out all the classes we offer on our website, writingclassradio.com. Join the community that comes together for instruction and excuse to write and the support from other writers. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio or our website to sign up for a free Zoom link. The free link is also on Instagram and our social media bios. A new episode will drop every other Wednesday. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.